This is a production of Cornell University. Welcome to the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings Podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association, found on the web at www.nista.org. I'm Cornell Turfgrass team member Frank Rossi. I'm here to answer some of your questions today. Joining me is Extension Specialist Carl Scamenti. Carl, what's our topic for today? All right, so we have some questions about predictive models for use in IPM and for plant growth regulators in the springtime. First one is, should I rely exclusively on models for predicting application timing? Yeah, this is very interesting. Using models that predict pest risk, monitor product efficacy, and assess environmental risk are slowly becoming more prevalent in modern turf grass management systems. More professionals are relying on them to assist not replace, <laughs> to assist them with their control decisions. It doesn't replace a good manager's ability. Models and the use of these things enhances a good manager's ability, might even make a lousy manager a little bit better, but it's not going to make you know a lousy manager great. It's just going to move them up a notch. So um, predictive models that use temperature and other environmental factors can be a useful tool in assessing application timings. However, under current fluctuating conditions from warm to cool, dry to wet, frost to freeze, take additional steps to investigate timing. And models work, you know, sort of in a very controlled way. When we have these variable spring conditions, you've got to pay a little bit more attention. Using plants as indicators, what we call phenological indicators, monitoring soil temperatures, and of course the eye test, how is your turf performing? What immediate stress lies ahead? For example, if a model is indicating a PGR application in the spring is ideal and the weather is calling for cold temperatures and wet conditions, it might be best to wait until conditions return to allow for some active growth. In general, this assumes air and soil temperatures in the upper 40s and 50s. So use the models, but don't forget the eye test. All right, so another question that came up from a turf manager who asked, the base 50 degree to growing degree days are piling up now. I see dandelions in various stages of bloom. Is it time for my spring broadleaf three-way herbicide? Huh. The first answer to a spring perennial broadleaf herbicide application question is that it's always better to apply these materials to perennial broadleaf weeds in the late summer, early fall. At that time, in the late summer, early fall, plants are producing and moving energy from the leaves to storage organs like tap roots and stolons, and the herbicide can move with that energy uh, for more thorough control of the leaves and the perennial storage organ. In the spring of the year, many plants are maintaining most of the energy above ground to sustain top growth. Some will translocate down. Now, our forecast website that now has been in existence for almost a decade identifies ideal times for applying any herbicide product containing 2,4-D in either an ester or an amine formulation. And this is based on research conducted in the Midwest many years ago trying to get better spring dandelion control. And in general, ester formulations are designed to penetrate the cuticle more effectively, are often effective earlier than the amine forms, and they volatilize, or they go from a liquid to a gas stage when applied at air temperatures above 80 degrees. That vapor drift can also injure adjacent ornamentals, so you want to be very careful about that. 
Amines, which many homeowner formulations are, more soluble and effective later than the esters and are quote-unquote safer to apply with lower risk of vapor drift that, as I in indicated earlier, might uh, injure adjacent ornamentals. So keep an eye on the models, keep an eye on your weeds, but remember, when it comes to broadleaf weed control, late summer, fall is always a better time to implement. So for those looking for the forecast website, we'll include that link down below on our website. Thank you again for joining us for the Cornell Turfgrass Clippings Podcast, brought to you in partnership with the New York State Turfgrass Association. With Dr. Frank Rossi, I'm Carl Scamenti. This has been a production of Cornell University, on the web at cornell.edu.